0: Hey. Good morning and welcome to our service here at Kirkliston Parish Church on the 21st of February 2021. We are so happy that you are joining and hope that you will experience and know something of the love and grace and mercy of Jesus as we prepare our hearts and our minds to get together in fellowship. It's been quite a busy week We had pancakes on Shrove Tuesday, we made ash crosses on our foreheads on Wednesday as the start of Lent approached. It's a time of reflection and repentance for the church as we get ready for Easter. Lent is to Easter what Advent is to Christmas. We are spiritually and emotionally preparing to commemorate the death, burial, And resurrection of Jesus. It's been a practice in the church for many centuries to give something up or to take something up. I wonder if you've considered accepting this invitation, maybe cutting out sugar, sweets or caffeine. Many folks try new spiritual disciplines or habits during this time such as praying or reading more or intentionally being more positive and friendly. Why not try something small for a start. I can guarantee you it will make a big impact on your life and who knows maybe you can even continue some of these habits well after Easter. Today however we're looking at someone who made an extra effort to avoid and ignore the needs of others. It serves as an encouragement that loving your neighbor is often as easy as acknowledging the need on your doorstep. There's a story about Rabbi Joshua traveling to Rome in the third century after Christ. He was astonished to see all the magnificent buildings. He was especially struck by how the statues were cared for because they were covered with fine cloth. To protect them from the summer sun and winter cold. As he admired these statues a beggar pulled on his sleeve asking him for a crust of bread and he thought here are stone statues covered with expensive cloths. Here is a man created in the image of God covered in rags. A civilization that pays more attention to statues than to people shall surely perish. Rabbi Joshua was of course right. The decline of Rome had already begun. Now Jesus talks a lot about this in his Gospels. Not to be numbed or desensitized to the point where we are more interested in buildings for example than people, that the hurt and the pain and the suffering in others should and must have an impact on our lives. Jesus instructs us to live out a calling where we meet the needs of the weary and the weak, the widow and orphan, the lame and sick and especially the vulnerable such as children. Neighbourly love is often as easy as acknowledging that in a particular situation You have the upper hand because of your bank account your resources Your gender maybe your skin color or age or your sexual orientation Laying down power is something Jesus did exceptionally well But is that part of neighborly love? We've seen it manifest in the parable of the Good Samaritan and maybe what we have here today in our passage is the opposite of love, of neighborly love. We don't necessarily have to go far or do massive things to show neighborly love. Opportunities are all around by doing small simplistic gestures of service. If only the rich man was willing to see and acknowledge a potential friend right in front of him. How different the story would have ended. The problem is that our two characters come from two different worlds. On the one side of the gate you have rich man living a lavish luxurious life of wealth spent eating and dressing up. Funnily enough the Greek word used to describe his clothing also refers to his underwear being made of Egyptian linen. He even had a gate as a sign of status and to keep uninvited guests out. People like Lazarus. At the height of his boxing career, it is said that Muhammad Ali was on a flight. He refused to put on his seatbelt. Superman don't need no seat belt he said, to which the air hostess responded, and Superman don't need no plane neither. The rich man thought he had everything. He was invincible. He didn't need anyone, especially not the beggar in front of his house, Lazarus. The first thing we notice is the name, Lazarus. The only character in any of Jesus' parables, given a name, a specific name, meaning the one whom God helps. Ironically, it didn't seem as if God cared much for him. Homeless, sick, poor, and covered in sores. At least he had family who dropped him off at rich man's house. As the only person in town with the resources necessary to help Lazarus meet his medical needs. But he was ignored, not rich man or any of his guests showed compassion, they had hardened hearts. Day in and day out, poor Lazarus had to listen to their past parties and feasts, a stone's throw away. But he was offered nothing, never acknowledged as a human, never invited for a meal and stripped of his dignity. But not once, not even once, did he complain. He was a man at peace with himself, within his suffering, and managed to live in harmony even with the wild guard dogs around him. Instead, there was a massive chasm between them. The rich man had the power to reach over, but he didn't. He was too preoccupied with worldly indulgences to see the need of those around him. The only thing they really had in common was their mortality and eventually both of them die. To the amazement of the audience, the readers, Lazarus after death is the one close to Abram which is another way of saying he is in paradise and rich man, well rich man is somewhere else where he is experiencing abandonment and suffering. This would have come as a huge, huge shock to the Sadducees. In their interpretation of the law, rich people are rich because they have favor and blessing with God. Poverty, on the other hand, is a sign of God's displeasure with people. Reversal of roles. How can this be? Asks rich man. belief, unbelief as he sees Abram and Lazarus. Father Abram, have pity on me and send Lazarus to just dip his finger into water to come and cool my tongue. Notice the following. He acknowledges Lazarus for the first time only in a position and from a position of desperation. He saw Lazarus with his eyes, but not with his heart. But even now in torment, considers himself above lazarus he sees lazarus as inferior to himself unworthy to be spoken to so much so that he refuses to address him directly father speak to him order him to do this and that astonishingly the penny hasn't dropped yet for rich man not even death not even hell can bring him to repentance when lazarus was in pain He was ignored by rich man. Now that rich man is in pain, something needs to be done about it immediately. Do you hear that sense of entitlement? The chasm is beyond bridging. Or is it? Why would Jesus say a chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot? Why in the world would anyone want to go from heaven to hell? Do we have a volunteer? Is it possible that Lazarus, after all the neglect and rejection, whispered something to Abram? Father Abram, let me help him. We've been neighbors for many years. We've known each other. Poor man. He's in such a fix. Let me take some water, even just a little, to quench his thirst. Isn't that, that thought just so provoking? That despite all the injustice and hardship Lazarus had suffered, he is still willing to bridge the gap. He had no reservoir for anger. And so Lazarus becomes a model of mercy, He shows compassion for his fallen oppressor. He loves his enemy. And I hear something of Christ's redeeming love in this story. That although Lazarus was unable to save rich man from his pride and ego and sin. Jesus did. By leaving heaven for earth. To die on a cross. By rescuing you and me from being lost eternally. And God has has a heart for the lost. He cares about the lost, vulnerable people. And so should we. Paul Tillich said, a Christian is simply one beggar showing another beggar where to find food. How can we prevent from being numbed, from being desensitized, to the hurt around us? How can we build and bridge socioeconomic bridges by serving the Lazaruses on our doorstep? Who is she? Who is he? Where are they in your community? And what can we do? What can you do to help? Is it not time we break down the gate and invite them to the table? Of abundance. May we never be numbed by the hurt and the suffering in the world. May we always seek opportunities to serve and show compassion. And may this lead to a more equal and just society. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure for you to listen in. Do take care and have a brilliant week. Receive now the blessing of the Lord. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half truths, and superficial relationships so that we may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice and oppression. And exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do What others claim cannot be done to bring justice and kindness to all children and the poor. Amen.